When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Steeler Nation. I don't know how. I don't know what we did, but we found a way. Mike up Sports One, Jay York Football. Mike, we are in the playoffs. Yeah, I don't care how it happened. I'm just happy it happened. Just happy to be here, you know, like that that meme. Yeah. Uh, it, it's going to be a challenging game, of course, heading to, to Buffalo, a team that's red hot. A lot of people have them as their Super Bowl favorite to come out of the AFC. But you get one more game. You're playing a little bit with house money. The weather conditions do not look uh, ideal for any team, I, I guess. So so maybe uh, that favors the Pittsburgh Steelers. But I'm just happy to be here, man. Just like I'm happy to be with you on the podcast. I'm happy about our guest. Yeah. What a good, good week it is in Steelerland. Yeah, before we get to our guy, uh, Brad, over at PFF, we want to give a special shout out to our partnership with the one and only Steel City Wheelhouse, where the bar is set. You see the Pittsburgh weather lately. Get those remote starters. Get the winter tires. It's where the bar is set. Tires for all cars and trucks can now be purchased online. It's SteelCityWheelhouse.com. And guess what? Financing is available, so you don't need to worry. They'll work with any budget. They'll get it done. Go see our guys, John and John, over there at Steel City Wheelhouse. And then when the Steelers go into Buffalo and beat Josh Allen, I need everyone to grab a six-pack of the finest Pittsburgh beer. Hey, it is still brewed in Trobe, where the Steelers hold their training camp. Why settle for a run-of-the-mill mass-produced beer when you can have the best? Upgrade your beer game, raise your standards, and taste the difference that Stoney's beer can deliver, and it delivers, just like Mason Rudolph's going to throw three touchdowns, 300 yards. I think that they said, um, you know, they're comparing, you know, the draft class. I think I, I seen our uh, Dave Damashek, our guy, uh, put out a tweet there, and uh, we're, I think Mason Rudolph's going to show this weekend who the best quarterback was in that draft. <laughs> yeah, Josh Allen and Rudolph in the same draft class. I'm not sure if you've seen the line yet or if all of our listeners or viewers are familiar with the spread, but the Bills are all the way up to minus nine and a half. That is significant. I read today that Mike Tomlin team has never won a has won one game wow. in his entire career uh, when the Steelers have faced that big of a spread deficit. Right. That was last year against Tampa Bay at home, interestingly enough, when they beat Tom Brady, but why do I bring that up? Because you got another week at least to bet on the Steelers with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs. We're bringing you an offer that'll help make the playoffs more electrifying if that's even possible. New customers can bet five bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Yes, 200 instantly. <laughs> 
Do us a favor, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code SICKSPORTS. New customers, five bucks, 200 instantly. The yeah. crown is yours. Gambling problem. Six sports. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. Excited for you guys to do that. I like the points, personally. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game in those conditions. All right, Jordan, what do you say? Let's uh, let's rock and roll. We're excited to have another show here on the Steelers Crazy Podcast. Juliana, I guess you can go ahead and run it. Do it. Turn up your volume. Your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. Steelers Crazy. Harris Smith Shields. Flacco Polamalu takes it home. Super Bowl 43. Pittsburgh might be bound for that thanks to number 43. The sickest Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. All right, we're excited to have another member of Pro Football Focus team on the Sick Podcast, Steelers Crazy, joining the likes of Sam Munson and Trevor Sikama. This guy is absolutely fantastic. He's a salary cap analyst. You can find him at PFF underscore Brad. It is none other than Brad Spielberger. Hey, Brad, what's going how on? How are we doing? Hey, just living the dream. We're talking pre-show, moving to Pittsburgh soon. And, you know, I know everyone in Pittsburgh loves PFF and, and all the, yeah. <laughs> the things I say on the fan in the morning. So, yeah, anyway, thank you guys for having me on. <laughs> this is like break, This is like breaking news. Like, this is – unless you already talked about it earlier, this is like, you know. I uh, it, I said it on on the airwaves, on the radio. I actually have okay. a, a Steelers podcast of my own too. So, I'm trying to, I'm trying to become awesome. a local. I got to work there on the action go. a little bit. You know, become, become a full Yinzer. <laughs> I think you'll fit right in, Mike. We got to get you one of these shirts for sure. Yeah. Hook you up with one of our uh, buddies at shopyins.com. But yeah, absolutely. You're a uh, honorary Yinzer, uh, if nothing else, soon to be a uh, true Yinzer. But we're excited to have you on. First of all, when you're joining a Pittsburgh, I'm not even going to ask you because I think we're sick of it. When you're joining a Pittsburgh sports talk show or podcast, are you like, damn it, here we go again, TJ Watt versus, versus Miles Garrett? I don't even want a breakdown. That's That's my only question pretty funny it's like the hotbed topic and i'll pivot like a different direction i think for whatever reason well first of all we're talking we're literally picking hairs about two of the three best players in the entire nfl on the defensive side of the football yeah. uh first and foremost uh but secondly it's just you know i think it's funny it, it happens to work out that way but like for me i think the better conversation i would have is like alex highsmith is the opposite where i think he is was this year infinitely better than his sack numbers and some of the you know traditional stats. So like why not spin the other direction? Talk about a guy who had what 14 and a half last year, seven this year. I thought he was better this year by a noticeable degree compared to last year. Just get didn't get the sack totals. But anyway, yeah, we don't have to rehash that that argument for the uh, ten thousandth time if you don't want to. Well there you go, Yenzers. PFF back in our good graces. Uh, at least temporarily, because uh, I saw something, Brad, that you tweeted earlier this week, uh, and I am going to ask you about it. You said every playoff team is begging to play the Steelers. Why? Yeah, I mean, at a simple level, losing T.J. Watt, we're talking about how good T.J. Watt is, is massive. You know, I, I wanted to talk myself into a potential upset here. Spencer Brown, the right tackle for Buffalo, to me, is the weak link of that offensive line. He's also a guy that that plays upright. He's like six foot eight, uh, and I think particularly guys that win with bend around the edge. Uh, like TJ is a mismatch, right? I think he handles speed to power a little bit better. Not that TJ also has doesn't also have speed to power, but. 
So, like, that is huge. And then, look, the Rudolph experience has been fun. He's made a bunch of nice throws. He has. But, I mean, he's a QB3 for a reason. And QB3 on a team that has evaluated him for, what, six years now? Like, he is the best quarterback in the 2018 draft. I get that. I, I agree with you on that one. But, <laughs> um, but no, like, you know, so it's kind of at a simple level. They are on the under all the underlying metrics and all those things. Probably the the, the least the team least qualified to be in the playoffs. But at the same time, as I say that, if something like that happens time and time again, year and year again, there is a signal they are doing something different. And Tomlin coaches a brand of football and a style of football that obviously leads to a lot of one score wins. And yes, is that a regression candidate? You know, all these things we get into. Yes, but if it keeps happening time and time again, clearly there is a secret sauce there, a recipe there. Yeah, I want to talk about the quarterback on the other side a little bit. The polarizing, the phenomenal, and the erratic Josh Allen. What have you seen from him this year? Obviously, I think leads the league in total touchdowns and turnovers. Uh, And what Josh Allen do you expect that we see Sunday and in the playoffs moving forward? Yeah, he just still really struggles. Like, he, we hear it every, I feel like, after every bad game, the Jets came to start the year. Like, I got to stop putting myself in these positions, not only the interceptions, but also, you know, the fumbles when he scrambles and tries to do crazy laterals to his teammates. And we, like, a couple weeks ago, he had one where he's, like, going down and, like, tosses it to, I think it was James Cook, who, like, wasn't even in the frame. He just can't resist, and he wants to, like, win the game on every single snap. But I, I will say this, and this applies to every quarterback, the element of quarterback play that we don't give enough credit for is their ability to control their sack rate. So what I like to say is pressures is an offensive line stat. Pressure to sack rate is a quarterback stat. And it's obviously not that clean. Nothing in football is clean. But Josh Allen had the lowest pressure to sack rate in the entire NFL for us this year. And I think so. There are a lot of negatives from the picks and the fumbles and things of that nature. But he's limiting so many negatives by not getting into second and 18, third and 18, taking these sacks. So – is he erratic? Yes. Can he can he single-handedly win you and lose you a football game? Yes. But, I mean, to me, he's a clear-cut top-five quarterback in this league, um, has all the talent in the world. But, hey, yeah, maybe you can find some spots, pick some spots to, to turn the ball over, hopefully Mink is back for this game um, and can make a splash play or two. I'm not 100% sure what his splits look <clears> like, Brad. Not sure if, if, um, if you can give us – a briefing on that, but home versus road. I know the Bills have been good at home. I think they only lost one game, That maybe that Broncos Monday night game. But has he been a different player, uh, home versus road, or we've kind of just seen him mishmash? Not, not, I think, once you control for the opposing defenses, I think it kind of levels out to a degree. You know, I think the teams that you really notice, um, Miami's a good example, and not just because, like, the warm weather and all that, although that is a factor, but Tyreek Hill himself even talked about it. They, their offense is so predicated on communication and timing and all the pre-snap motion. When they have an opposing team's fans screaming when they're on offense, it complicates what they do. The Bills are pretty standard. They're going to be an 11 or 12 personnel. They don't have a ton of pre-snap motion. You know, like they're, they're, they're kind of more of your bread and butter. So I, there's not a noticeable split for them, and it, it, it aligns with what they do as well. We are joined here on the SIG Podcast, Steelers Crazy, by future Yinzer Brad Spielberger. Follow him at PFF underscore Brad. We're going to get a prediction a little bit later, so we want everybody to stick with us for that. <clears throat> but we're going to get into some hot-button topics surrounding the Steelers. A lot of people have recently been talking about Coach Mike Tomlin potentially stepping away. His contract runs through the end of next season. What are your just general thoughts uh, on that, Brad? 
Yeah. So, you know, I, I have no reason to doubt, I suppose. And as always, you kind of put the antennas up. Is he trying to get a little bit extra cheddar on that extension maybe and, and, and threaten? Uh, you know, all those things you have to at least cross your mind. But Tomlin, to me, seems like a straight shooter. Like, if he felt that way, I think he would go up to Omar's office or, or Art's office and, and, and say that. Um, look, I mean, it, it's a tough job. We know these guys, you know, sleep in the office, and he's been doing it for a very, very long time. And in, in, in Pittsburgh in particular – whether this is invited and could be avoided or not, he has an outsized level of responsibility perhaps to compare to other coaches too. We know he's heavily involved in personnel. He's probably you know involved in developing players as much as any head coach on a position-to-position basis. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a grueling, grueling task to do. Um, but, yeah, I, well, I'll believe it when I see it. I, I feel like things are just you know still going well. There's still so much. I mean, look at the rookie class this year, all the development there's been there particularly on his side of the ball, um, I guess we'll just have to find out. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on Kenny Pickett moving forward as the future of the Pittsburgh Steelers? I think that that's the burning question in Pittsburgh pretty much has been for the past two years, but now really, you know, the it's happening. So it, it's so tough to me. Like it, you, you make the decision to fire Matt Canada, which is you saying, all right, again, not this simple. Nothing in football is this simple, but the offense is not good. It's not working. We are telling you we think the bigger driving factor in that is the offensive coordinator and the scheme that he's running. Obviously, you know, I know there were reports that maybe Kenny was going to get benched at a certain point, and, you know, he wasn't great himself either. But I think that's what you're saying when you do that, right? Especially when it's the first coach you fired in, you know, 70 years, whatever the stat mm-hmm. was. He plays one game, and I thought he played very well. He, if for us, he had four or five big time throws. You know, the, the, the traditional stats were all, you know average, above average. But you saw it mm-hmm. on film. He looked like a more comfortable quarterback. He had the beautiful ball to deal with Deontay Johnson on the right mm-hmm. sideline in that game. There are a bunch of really nice throws in that first game post Canada, and then unfortunately he gets hurt. Here's my thing: like I, I get that you maybe you feel you have to stick with the hot hand. Um, you know, and it's hard to go to this locker room and say, hey, this guy just got you in the playoffs or I guess going into week 18. This guy gave you a position to make the playoffs. Now we're going to bench him for Kenny. He's going to play the Ravens backups and then play in the playoffs. I get mm-hmm. it's hard to do that. It still to me says a lot that you're, you know, your, your first round pick from last year is healthy enough to play. And, and, and you just kind of go this route with, again, your QB3, who you know, yeah. like a guy you've had for a long time, who you determined in practice was not as good as Mitchell Trubisky. It, I'm not going to say, his, you know, his, uh, this was a quote I had on the radio and never got mad at me, like the Kenny Pickett era is over. I'm not saying that. If you go into this offseason and don't at least explore drafting a kid in the first two rounds or, you know, make a phone call to Kirk Cousins' agent, whatever, if you don't yeah. explore that, like, what are you really doing, you know, coming into week one, 2024? Yeah, I completely agree. And that kind of leads me into my next question with Mason Rudolph. What type of, you know, money do you think that he would get on the open market? And can you see him, you know, coming back? And what type of, you know, contract would you see, you know, there if he was to come back with the Steelers? Zerned himself is now he should say, I want to be a QB2 somewhere. Like, I, he's not competing for a starting job. Like, with all due respect, he's been, he's been good, but he's not. Like, he's, he's now saying, I'm not going to be a QB3 anywhere. I'm going to be a backup. And I think what he has shown is he's always had arm talent, you know, a live arm, can, can make a lot of throws. He struggles against pressure, and he hasn't faced a lot of pressure. But, hey, when you don't, and you can just make throws from a relatively clean pocket. And, again, the offensive line hasn't been great, so I shouldn't say that. But, like, that, that all the time. But that is his biggest hindrance. And in today's NFL especially, you know, they want these dual-threat guys that can run around and, and make plays outside of structure. 
But yeah, you know, I think now you're looking at the look. Gardner Minshew made three and a half million dollars this year. Like you're, you're trying to get instead of you know one point five whatever he's making, you know three three and a half four. Um, you know, like, like Mitchell Trubisky, I think made one year five million this year on his revised mm-hmm. deal. Um, yeah, he's not breaking the bank. I think you're just becoming a legit number two as opposed to a number three. Yeah. And I think this is another burn. There's a lot of burning questions in Steeler Nation right now. It's, uh, you know, this has been every season's like this. I think that there's a stat, too, that we're like the most, you know, close wins. Like we win by two or three points every time. It's just, okay. I get we don't get style points. I get it's the NFL, but, you know, it just a blowout would be nice every once in a while. So, with that being said, the offensive coordinator, we talked about, you know, Matt Canada being fired. What type of coach would you like to see in there for the Steelers? Yeah, yeah. Nine and two in one score games this year. And I talked about earlier, yeah. like that is one of the bigger signals of regression in football. By that, I mean the next year it's not repeatable. But Pittsburgh has kind of been defying, uh, you know, the, that math for a while. So I think the way you approach it, let's say it is Mike Tomlin, you know, for, for the previous question, I mm. would try to be hitting up the – current offensive coordinators of teams that have an offensive head coach, right? And say, hey, just like, for example, an Eric Bieniemy this year, not saying him particularly, but hey, everyone says that it's Andy Reid, it's not you. Come prove you can run an offense, run the whole show, um, and it be your squad. One that jumps out to me uh, would be Frank Smith with the Miami Dolphins. He is currently interviewing for the Carolina Panthers head coaching job. So, mm-hmm. you know, if he gets one of those, maybe he, he – well, not maybe, then he would do that. Um, and if he doesn't, maybe he says, you know what, I'm just going to stay with Mike McDaniel. I love what I'm doing. But this is a guy that's bounced around. He's been a tight ends coach, I think uh, assistant offensive line coach. Like he's, he's he's coached every single position. He's credited with kind of being a, a run game coordinator savant, which ironically I think Canada actually was pretty good in the run game, just, just mm. not very good in the pass game. But so he's a name, for example, Clint Kubiak, Gary Kubiak's son is in San Francisco, uh, you know, with Kyle Shanahan. So like those type of names where I wouldn't say proven track record, but, you know, they come from a good tree, but they're not currently known as the the driver of their side of the ball. Um, those are the names I'm looking into. Yeah, I like that. And then before I throw it back to Mike, my last question was about, you know, the free agent. Is there anyone that, the, you know, you could see the Steelers targeting and maybe like a Jalen Johnson Something along that lines. Yeah, I think him and Legarius Snead with the Kansas City Chiefs, obviously both cornerbacks. Uh, I think that's got to be near the top of their list. You know, they were they were in the conversation for Jalen Johnson at the trade deadline. The price there's got a little bit too out of hand. You know, maybe he gets franchise tagged. Who knows? But if he hits the market, and then I really like Legarius Snead's fit in particular as inside outside ability can play a lot of man coverage like they do in Kansas City. So it would translate pretty nicely, I think, from a scheme standpoint. Uh, corner to me is, is their biggest priority. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that's fair and, and can look at corner in the upcoming draft. I know you're a big draft guy. I am, am happy that I have not done a single mock draft yet. I'm very proud of myself, patting myself on the back. I'm that proud of you. It's quickly approaching. I always say after Steeler season ends is officially when I will uh, relive that addiction uh, <laughs> leading up to it. So maybe maybe Monday it'll officially start. But we'll throw it back first to this past dealer's draft class. And I think everyone in Pittsburgh, Brad, would say that Omar Khan knocked this sucker out of the park. Do you agree? 110%, yep. Yeah, uh, and, you know, we're going to see some guys, obviously, this weekend. And Nick Herbig, who is, you know, the Steelers are going to rely on to make a big impact. Joey Porter Jr. potentially shutting down 
Stephon Diggs, maybe like he's done with some top flight receivers all year, is incredibly important. A couple of guys who are in this next draft class that I want to get your thoughts on as well. Sort of in that mid-tier quarterback range where I think the Steelers will be picking. You already said you don't believe Kenny Pickett is the future. People obviously losing faith in that as well. Listen, it's relevant. Talk about last night. What do you think about Michael Penix Jr.? Where are you at on him? Before last night, I, I promise this isn't you know entirely reactionary to a tough game against you know a very very good defense. First, just at a, at a high level, going to be 24 years old on draft night, has had two ACL injuries and multiple shoulder injuries. So when I see mock drafts of him going in the top 10, it reminds me of when Hendon Hooker was going in the top 10 in mock drafts last mm. year, uh, and then he went in the middle of third round. I think he's a top 50 draft pick, and I think he could be an end of first round pick, but I, I don't think he goes that high. So I guess the better answer, like, could he be there at 23 wherever Pittsburgh ends up? Or sorry, could he be there at 32 when Pittsburgh is picking? Um, yes, he could be there at 32. <laughs> nice, uh, yeah, I caught right. myself on that one. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, potentially, look, super live arm. We've seen it, can throw absolute nukes. Um, I, I think the thing with him is, Mobility in the pocket is is okay. We saw a little bit of it in the first playoff game. You know, he did evade pressure, throw from some different arm, arm angles. But when he does it, I think a lot of the time he gets off platform and it leads to inaccuracies. And that was the Michigan thing we saw last night. I mean, how many throws did he miss last night in that game? And I think it was predicated on pressure to begin with. And he just gets his footwork a little bit out of whack. So he's a good player, has talent. Um, I just to me, he's late first, early second. You know. For, for my druthers, but we know quarterbacks always go way earlier than, than they probably should anyway. How about a guy that has a little bit of the opposite skill set you just mentioned? They just got a ring on his finger. Uh, the mobility is there, it seems like, the accuracy, but maybe some of the decision-making, I don't know, questionable at sometimes. J.J. McCarthy? He's interesting. So all the tools in the world. I mean, you saw a couple throws last night. Um, you know, the one kind of corner route that, that he threw that was a beautiful, beautiful throw layered over the defense. Um, that was like second quarter. And then he had a beautiful rollout to the right where he actually threw like a perfect pass back a little bit across his body, he got dropped, but I thought it was maybe his best throw of the night. So you've seen him th have some beautiful, beautiful throws. They run a pretty like standard, I mean, they run the ball a ton, but it's a standard drop back offense. They're not super high in play action rate. Like when they, when they do drop back, like he's, he's getting NFL caliber looks so to speak in terms of what they're doing he's also not asked to throw a ton though right I mean you look at this season the Ohio State game the Penn State game you know in the playoff games he's thrown 18 25 times which hey if you're winning and why wouldn't you run the football especially like they were last night so to me with him the talent is early early pick but I think I would want him to come in and maybe it works in Pittsburgh that's a guy I want to sit on the bench for a year and not play uh, and just like soak everything up, learn the NFL game, adjust to the speed. He's young, right? He's a true junior. Um, so yeah, the talent is there, but you do see some some mispasses or some you know maybe some not trusting his eyes and 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 things of that nature. That's more kind of mental, getting reps as opposed to like my, me thinking he's not capable because he he is a very very good athlete and, and has a crazy arm too. All right, Steelers country, we'll revisit some of these uh, clips for sure leading up to the NFL draft. Uh, in April. All right, Brad, two more questions for you. We'll go rapid fire here before we get you out. We thank you so much for joining us. First of all, Steelers-Bills prediction. And I we lose all, all the people that, that started to like me there. I, I, I'm going to go... Do they cover? A little lower scoring. We you're picking. Fair enough. Uh, I, lower scoring, I think, and that will play in, in Pittsburgh's favor if they want to pull off a, a miraculous upset and, and turn Josh Allen over. But I'll go like... 27-17 Buffalo, right on that spread you mentioned of, you know, 10 points. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, 
a lot of points in those elements, uh, I, I guess, to be determined. We'll see what, what we get. Um, and okay, a Super Bowl pick. I won't go chalk, especially because I know Ravens a Ravens pick would would, would be not well received. Um, I'll go chalk in the NFC, and I'll no 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 I'll take Dallas. Uh, ah, hopefully, avoiding wow. San Fran because they play San Fran. Good luck to them. But if they avoid San Fran, I think they are the second best team in that conference. Buffalo is is scary. Like Baltimore is the best team, um, and they might get Mark Andrews back, but. Uh, Buffalo is is playing some good ball right now, and that offense in particular has been good all year. I know they changed coordinators. The offense was not the problem, uh, even when they when he got fired. So, yeah, give me Buffalo, Dallas, uh, Super Bowl, and a winner. Or we wait for it. I'll go. I'll go Cowboys. Go Cowboys. Okay, cool. I like it. That's a team right now. Just caught some breaks, and uh, we'll see if they yeah. don't play the 49ers. That would be another huge break. But things seem to be going their way. Brad, where can everybody find you? Yep, so you can follow me on Twitter at PFF underscore Brad. And then like you said, we're not in the offseason yet. I get it. But uh, I do the free agency at, at PFF. So, you know, mm-hmm. I got 100 players up there right now. It'll be 250, 300 at, at a certain point. Um, and, and that's, you know, all film work, data work, all that stuff. And, and I'll mock some guys to Pittsburgh and, ho- and hopefully make some magic happen. <laughs> well, hey, we you're, love it, you're, like I said, you're, Mike said you're an honorary user. If you need anything, just give us a holler and uh... – Definitely we'll see you for Manny some- Brothers, drinking a Stoney's potentially down there, getting you a yin shirt. Before you know it, you there might you be go. waving a terrible towel, so be careful. He's Perfect. moving appreciate fast, Brad. We appreciate it. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you, man. Going. All right. Thanks, man. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Bye. We completed the PFF trio there with Brad, Sam, and, and Trevor. And these guys can can really break it down no matter how you feel about them. Yeah, it's- uh, they, do a, they do a really good job. And they're, listen, they're not out to – to get Pittsburghers. We're one of the biggest football markets yeah. in the world. Uh, you know, if, if you wanted to be in the good graces of Steelers fans, that would probably be something that you prioritize, right? Opposed mm-hmm. to that. They're not out to just, uh, you know, they don't have a vendetta against the Steelers. So um, <laughs> listen, we love, we're, we're pro TJ Watt <laughs> over, yeah. over here. And, and we, uh, we got a, a nice little twist from Brad on that the fact that he was really hiking up Alex Highsmith Jordan, who will have to be huge if the Steelers want a chance against Buffalo. Yeah. The same with Nick Herbig, you know, it's always, as we say on a lot of these podcasts and we talk with Jalen about, uh, you know, it's next man up mentality and these guys really step into that role. I mean, Nick Herbig, you know, Alex Highsmith got the contract. Like this is, this is where you earn your paycheck. And uh, I truly believe that. See, I think that what Brad said, I'm the complete opposite. I think that the Steelers are going to win like 20 to 17. I think that I know the weather plays in a little bit, but I, I just, I just, I don't know. I just have a weird feeling. The way that this season's going, if we came this far, I just feel like one playoff win would just kind of just be like, yeah, just to kind of relish in it for like a week. So I'm going to go Steelers with the opposite. Oh, you know what? I'll go 17 14 Steelers. Yeah, the over-under right now sits at, I think, like 36 or 37. So um, I think I think Brad threw up a lot of points there, in the, especially in those tough conditions. But Buffalo has an explosive offense, and Mason Rudolph has played really well. So uh, we'll maybe maybe some credence to that. I Listen, it's early in the week. Gun to my head right now. We can still change it, lose. but that's my we official could... early week. I might give another one when we do the show with Jalen. I uh, had texted us and yep. said that he wants to do it Thursday. So we'll be back on with him on We've Thursday. We've been doing it Thursday. Yeah, yeah. We, can, we reserve the right to change it. I uh, I, I think it's going to be a hard fucking. I really do. I don't think it'll be like last year when they went mm-hmm. into Buffalo and got their asses kicked. 
think by 35 points. Um, no TJ Watt is absolutely going to be a huge problem, obviously. He's the best player on the football team. You don't lose yeah. the best player on the football team and, and casually just, you know, look past that like it's not a, a big deal. I think the Steelers continue to lean on their ground game. I don't know if there's been a better ground game in the NFL over the last two or three weeks. So Warren and Najee have a chance to to keep the ball away from Josh Allen and that high-flying Bills offense, uh, establish the physicality that the Steelers offense has brought the last couple of weeks, dominate the line of scrimmage, keep it low scoring and in their favor in the conditions. So because of that, I think it is going to be a close game. I just right now favor Buffalo in their home stadium with a quarterback that, that yeah, can be erratic, but also is a, will finish in the top five in MVP voting. But it, it's, it's going to be a good game. I have that. But he well. could have one of those games. Like you said, you don't know what Josh Allen you're going to get. It can be the Josh Allen. that's throwing three interceptions and the Josh uh, Allen experience. It's what yeah, they call you it. don't know. He is a great quarterback. I'm not taking that away, but I'm not, I want to say he's a good quarterback. I, I put the great quarterbacks when you win Lombardi's multiple Lombardi's Buffalo has been so. cursed. They lost at home to Cincinnati last year in the playoffs. Yeah. So there's gotta be a little bit of, of, of nervousness, like still have to get over that hump uh, because they haven't, like you said, right. They haven't got that Lombardi uh, in, in a very, very long time. Lost those four mm-hmm. Super Bowls in the nineties, a lot of Crazy. different players and fans, but obviously there's still a little bit of a monkey on their back, like a Chicago Cubs type monkey on their back. So we'll see if, uh, We'll see what Josh Allen we get. You never, you're right. You never know. You and never know. That, that's why I like to see. And we'll be watching. And we are glad that they didn't make it a later game because I, you know, I don't want to stay up past my bedtime. So yeah, you are right now. But I listen. We want to thank everybody out there, Brad, for coming on. And yes, Jalen Warren show this Thursday. Uh, hopefully, it's not the last one. Let's keep this train rolling. But Jalen should have a lot to say about the last game, of course, against Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Uh, the upcoming matchup, of course, against Buffalo, how they're prepping, what the vibe is, and uh, maybe maybe we can – we'll see if he's uh, sleeping with a pillow or something. Or a football, not a pillow. <laughs> right. He's got some – Yeah, and as always, we appreciate, you know, the off season. Like I said, no matter what happens, this is your place that we cover the Steelers 365 days a year, and we appreciate you. And this has been another great episode of the Sick Podcast, Steeler Crazy. I am Jay York Football. That's Miked Up Sports 1. Until next time, we'll see you Thursday with Jalen Warren. Juliana, take it away. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast Steelers Crazy on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.